the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. For joining us at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this free for all Friday on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. It's the eleventh morning of the first month in the year of our Lord twenty nineteen. My oh my, uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, does it not? The president of the United States went to the border yesterday, talking to border patrol agents, talking to border patrol leadership, talking to rank and file trying to find out exactly what it is that's going on, trying to find out firsthand exactly how serious the crisis that it very clearly is, is. He was beaten to the border by CNN. Jim Acosta raced the president to the border to prove that the president was wasting his time. Jim Acosta, CNN hack journalistic flunky, man who got banned from the White House press pool for being an unusually large, festering pain in the arse, for lying to the people, for interrupting the press secretary, for being just generally rude and distasteful to everyone around him, including his fellow journalists, and I'll use that word very carefully, Jim Acosta decided to beat the president to the border. He was bounded to determined to show there's no chaos at the border. He was bound and determined to show there's no crisis. There is certainly no emergency. The president can't rightfully declare an emergency at the border and try to confiscate funds from the Department of Defense in order to build this wall or to... to um, De, uh, demand that the uh, to order the um, Army Corps of Engineers build this wall because of an emergency. He was bound to determine to beat the president down there and prove there is no emergency. And by God, when he got there, he wanted you to know it. Jim Acosta took to Twitter Live or Facebook Live or Periscope or whatever it is to record himself at the border to show you just how peaceful and tranquil, and non-chaotic that it was. Just listen to Jim. And here are some of the steel slats that the president's been talking about uh, right here. Uh, As you can see, yes, you can see through these slats to the uh, other side of the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, But as we're walking along here, we're not seeing any kind of uh, imminent danger. There are no migrants trying to uh, rush toward this fence uh, here in the McAllen, Texas area. As a matter of fact, there are some other businesses uh, behind me along this highway. There's a gas station, Burger King, and so on. Uh, But no sign of the national emergency that the president has been talking about. Uh, As a matter of fact, it's pretty tranquil down here. I giggle like a schoolgirl every time I watch this since yesterday. (laughs) Jim Acosta, intrepid CNN journalist, reporter willing to put himself in the middle of the chaos, 
finding no chaos, and not having any earthly semblance of self-awareness to recognize that he was proving the president's case for him. Acosta went to a border region that has a wall and said, look, nobody's coming in here. (laughs) He said, look, (laughs) it's tranquil here. There's businesses on the other side here, and nobody's trying to get through this border wall, this steel slat structure barrier fence wall. Nobody's trying to get through it. (laughs) Even though there's some some really good, (laughs) excuse me, there's no there's no 20 uh, or 200 or however many miles of desert to cross through to find sustenance when you get over here there's a burger king right over there and nobody's nobody's coming through here as he stands next to a wall jim i i got to tell you you are a bigger and better gift to conservative america than alexandria ocasio cortez is You're both just the gift that keep on giving. But I think you may have surpassed her, honestly, um, with your your assistance to the conservative movement. Jim Acosta did more to illustrate the point that we need a border wall in a 34-second Twitter uh, video than President Trump did in his nine minutes on national TV on Tuesday. Jim Acosta did more to prove the point than the president did. Thank you, Jim. You're 100% right. There is nobody crossing there. There is nobody uh, rushing there because they know they can't get through. They are choosing to go to the, drumroll please, to the non-fenced, barriered, or bordered, or walled area of our border. They're choosing to go where it's just as simple as walking across. Or just as simple as, I don't know, Swimming across a very, very shallow Rio Grande and walking across. They don't try to get through walls because they can't get through walls, which is why we want to build more walls and make them just a little bit taller than the ones that we already have. Jim Acosta, you are a national treasure, and I would like to advise President Trump, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, please, Do not pursue any longer any punitive actions against Jim Acosta. Don't try to ban him from the press pool. He is far more valuable to our cause when he's on the inside and able to report because he just gives us so much gold. Jim Acosta beats the president to the border to prove that there's no emergency at the border in front of a a border wall. And here are some of the steel slats that the president's been talking about uh, right here. Uh, As you can see, yes, you can see through these slats to the uh, other side of the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, But as we're walking along here, we're not seeing any kind of uh, imminent danger. There are no migrants trying to uh, rush toward this fence uh, here in the McAllen, Texas area. As a matter of fact, there are some other businesses uh, behind me along this highway. There's a gas station, Burger King, and so on. Uh, but no sign of the national emergency that the president has been talking about. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's pretty tranquil down here. Yep, sure is, uh, Jim. Thank you ever so much for underscoring our need for more border fences, just like that one, but perhaps a little bit higher.
Because guess what people don't do? They don't try to cross places that they know they can't cross. It is just about that simple. Why do you think they continued to migrate north, northward uh, in caravan after caravan after caravan? Another one is on its way now because there are far too many places where there will be chaos and crossings because there is no border. That's the reason for the fight. No border wall, rather. That's the reason for the fight. All right, Jim Acosta, thank you for that gift. I'm going to break a little early this segment because I'm going to come back and drag Nancy Pelosi all over Capitol Hill. Virtually and uh, figuratively, of course, I'm going to drag her from pillar to post for her unconscionable, unimaginably cruel and ignorant statements to the press yesterday as she continued to try to make her case that President Trump is to blame for the government shutdown and that we do not need a border wall for border security. Nancy Pelosi, you're next on AM 1420, The Answer. 1818. Debate on the shutdown. CNN asked if... That's how we're supposed to start this segment. 921 now. The Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, the answer. Uh, I want to get... I'll come back to that CNN hack story in a moment. This is a different CNN hack story than the Jim Acosta CNN hack story. Uh, You'll just have to trust me on that one. It is just as good, however. So I'll get to that in a moment, but I want to drag Nancy Pelosi all over this yard for a moment, if I may. I've been spending a lot of time dragging Chuck Schumer uh, for his unbelievably uh, hypocritical stances and statements about the shutdown and about border security and about a border wall after he himself supported and bragged about border security and border fences. Um when he was uh, voting for them in 2006 and 2013. So it's important to do this with Nancy Pelosi as well. Hers is is a little bit different because her hypocrisy and her dishonesty and her unimaginable cruelty is more current. Please listen. Here's some of Nancy Pelosi's lies. We'll get to the cruelty part in a moment, but let's focus first on the lies at her press conference yesterday. Is there any world in which you would support a deal in the context of reopening government? Would you support DACA as part of this reopening, for example? Well, we haven't had that discussion. What we're talking about now is just the president's insistence on a wall. We need to have comprehensive immigration reform. The Democrats and Republicans know that. And that is that is about dreamers and their families and the rest. We have said that we're going to protect the dreamers. That is very popular in the country. We can do that very quickly. How can this vile beast of a woman honestly stand there before the press and the world and make that statement? When President Trump offered on multiple occasions in all of 2018 to legalize not just the 800,000 or 700,000 or so DACA recipients that she likes to call dreamers, but 1.8 million, including DACA eligible, who did not declare for it. The president offered that. They flatly rejected it. More lies. It has Republican support in the Congress and certainly in the country. Uh, But comprehensive immigration reform is what this debate should be about. And quite frankly, when the president talks about this being a national security issue, no, it really isn't. It's about a, a, a policy that is discriminatory as to where people are coming into this country. That's funny because, you know what, I don't see a wall. Doing interviews 
a wall on our southern border isn't going to be able to discriminate by visual identification of country of origin. A wall keeps out everybody. Whether from Mexico or Central America or Europe or South America or, 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 or the Middle East, making their way through Mexico to get to our side, keeps out everybody. It's not discriminatory. More lies. Yeah, no, absolutely. We stand, always have stood ready to discuss uh, uh, Im- comprehensive immigration reform and, of course, uh, the dreamers. In the really With them? the exception of the fact that the president offered it to you, lying demon rats, all of 2018, and you said no because you knew doggone well that it would give the president his victory on building the border wall, and even though you would be protecting your precious DACA recipients who still remain in this country illegally, you did not want him to be able to say, see, it's about making deals. I made a deal. I'm a great deal maker. This is why they elected me president. I made a deal and I got my wall. That's well, That's the only reason you stopped. More lies. Those conversations before the government's reopened. Are you willing to have those conversations now? We're, 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 we have been having conversations. We don't want to be a backdrop for the president to stomp the table and get up and walk out. I think he thought we were going to stay there when he left. He got up. We got up. Um, so the- He was there for the entire duration of the Christmas recess waiting for you. He's not the one who is not willing to negotiate. You wouldn't show up. You were in Hawaii spending taxpayer money on your on your own vacation. More lies. We've been having these conversations. Our, our staff all weekend, Saturday, Sunday, have been engaged in these conversations. Uh, the um, president just keeps upping the ante. In fact, I said to him, you're moving the goalposts so many times, they're out of the stadium. Well, let's go back and take a look, take a look at the president's four-pillar comprehensive immigration reform package. Who moved the goalpost? The president, when he offered to legalize all of those uh, DACA, DACA eligible recipients, all 1.8 million, in exchange for the border wall and an end to chain migration and the implementation of E-Verify. Who moved the board, the goalposts? You just said that you would be willing to put DACA in play to do this. He offered it. You turned it down. That's not the worst part of this. The worst part of this is to come. I want you to listen to this next question. And then I want you to listen to Nancy Pelosi's incomprehensibly cruel and ignorant, at the very same time, response. Would you say that, it is, that this is a manufactured right, but what's the next to a Corporal Ronald Singh's family who has ended up losing him to a illegal immigrant who ended up shooting him over in your state? Would you would you say this to families who had lost uh, relatives to heroin overdoses because obviously the the drug ninety percent of the time came from Mexico? What would you say to families like that? Well, what I would the question in case you couldn't understand it. Reporters are always off mic, so it's a little harder to hear, right? But the reporter said. What would you say to the family of, of, of Corporal Singh, who was murdered by an illegal alien? What do you say to the families of people who have overdosed from drugs brought into the United States from Mexico? Uh, what do you say to those families when you talk about, the, the, when you say this isn't a national security issue or, or an emergency? Say to families like that is what I say to the president regularly. These are tragic situations. There's a tragic situation at the border. Two little children died in the custody of the uh, uh, border patrol 
but the plural of an anecdote. That's a that's a glitch in the video slash audio. It's nothing I can do about it. If you missed it though, the first part, she said it's a tragedy. She instantaneously left the question about Corporal Singh being murdered and went to two dead migrant kids uh, in Border Patrol custody. Listen further. Is not data. And as painful and horrible, one death is more than we should be able to bear, whether it's the corporal or whether it's the children. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody as, as I said, cruel, uh, tone deaf, ignorant, flat out evil as what we just heard. And I've been listening to Hillary Clinton for all of her public life. I don't know that I've ever heard anything worse than what I just heard from Pelosi. She just equated a California police officer being murdered by an illegal immigrant to two migrant kids dragged across a thousand miles of desert by their irresponsible parents who got sick and died in Border Patrol custody. She just declared them to be equivalent. One is murder that never should have taken place because the illegal alien should not have been here. The other is a tragic death by illness caused by the parents who tried to bring their the, these children into the United States illegally. Both of those two horribly tragic situations were caused by Nancy Pelosi. By Chuck Schumer. By every Democrat in this country that supports open borders, sanctuary cities, the welcoming of illegal aliens into this country with no vetting whatsoever, the opposition to a border security wall. Both of them caused by the Democrats. If it weren't for Democrat policies, the illegal alien who killed Corporal Singh would not have been in this country. If it were not for Democrats refusing to put up a border wall, migrant caravans wouldn't be trying to traverse a thousand miles of Mexican uh, wasteland and then hundreds of miles of American desert on the other side of the border to try to come to this country. If there was a wall there, they'd never leave Honduras. Because they knew they couldn't make it. They couldn't get in. All of the deaths are on the hands of you, Nancy. And for you to so callously equate the murder of a police officer by an illegal alien to the deaths of two migrant kids, quote, in, in control of, or in the custody of Border Patrol, as if to say it's their fault, makes you the lowest form of human flotsam floating in the pool that is this country. You are reprehensible, madam, and you sure as hell. Hell are not my speaker. Back after the news. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 
kind of waiting to find out if this starts with Jack and Diane or Chuck and Nancy. Little ditty about Jack and Diane. Oh, okay. It's going to Jack and Diane. Just wanted to make sure. Because if I could drag those two POSs across the yard a little bit more, I would be, be uh, very glad to do that. 936, now the Bob France Authority. I'm going to open up the phone lines on this free-for-all Friday after we talk to our guest. Uh, we're going to pivot away from the border for just a moment to talk about one of the other more insane things going on as a result of Democrat government right now. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the 28-year-old bartender turned congresswoman uh, by literally doing nothing but serving drinks because she has never established one single uh, policy idea, both in her campaign or now in her, what, weeks of experience, one week of experience in Congress to deserve that uh, role. But she did manage to win an election which 11% of the people in her district are out to vote. And now she thinks that gives her a mandate to take over the Congress and demand a new Green Deal, or excuse me, a Green New Deal, rather. A Green New Deal. One in which they're going to tax everybody, virtually everything that they make, in order to switch the United States from a fossil fuel-based economy to one that is 100% renewable uh, energy-resourced economy. That means the oil industry gone, natural gas industry gone. Coal industry gone. Everything's going to be manufactured by the sun and the wind, and it's all going to be wonderful. Uh, never mind the jobs. Never mind the, uh, uh, the, the trillions of dollars of impact that this is going to cause, along with all the other things. I've told you about Ocasio-Cortez and what the Green New Deal stands for. But obviously the origin of this is we can't let the planet die. Don't you realize the planet is going to burn up? Didn't Al Gore teach you anything? He told you the planet had a fever, so he was off by a couple of decades. It's still going to happen. Because of a, of man uh, of man made global warming, we have to stop it. Well, our next guest is Gregory Wrightstone. He's the author of Inconvenient Facts: The Science That Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know. He's a geologist, more than thirty five years of experience researching and studying various aspects of Earth Earth's processes. He joins us now on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, Gregory. Uh, good morning to you. Thanks for the time. How are you? We've forgot one other industry, the nuclear industry. They don't want nukes either. Even though that burns clean. Even though that burns clean. (laughs) Absolutely. It doesn't doesn't rise to the level of renewable. So no nukes. We're going to go 100% renewable wind and solar. Uh, They they will accept tidal energy if it's ever developed, you know, things like that. But that's in 11 years. By 2030, they want to get completely off of fossil fuels. Are they, they, they allow, admit, are they, they going to allow the electrical to, grid to, to, to stay intact, or is that, does that have to go away, oh, too? Yeah, yeah, but it's going to be the electric. It will be 100% renewable. And they even in the Green New Deal, um, they admit that there will be 120 million jobs lost in the fossil fuel industry. But, but it's okay. Not to worry. Not to right? worry. They're going to have a complete... Uh, they're going to have a job security, job guarantee for everybody. That's part of the Green New Deal. And that the federal government would be the employer of last resort, of course. Uh, But let me just, Ocasio-Cortez, she's one of these people I call an environmental watermelon. She's green on the outside and red on the inside. This is a socialist manifesto, make no mistake, this Green New, New Deal it's a green manifesto masquerading as, as environmental policy. And it's uh, and they're going to do this, like I say, full employment for everybody, uh, get off of all fossil fuels. Um, they're going to transition our economy over to 100% renewable by, by 2030. 
Um, they want to immediately halt all investment in fossil fuels. Now, bear in mind, that's private industry that's, that's funding fossil fuel development. And I guess those people like BlackRock, Equity, and the others, they'll be forced to, to invest in uneconomical uh, wind and solar projects. So who's going to, who the heck is going to invest in BlackRock or any of these other equity companies knowing that their rates of return are, are not going to be uh, what they've enjoyed for the last several decades with fossil fuel investment? Um, so it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. This is, again, it's a socialist manifesto. It's this Green New Deal. It, it is exactly what it is. And it doesn't stop, of course, with the energy uh, sector, and it doesn't stop with the global warming issues, which I want to come back to you uh, 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 on in a second. But it also includes social justice, talking about racial reparations, talking oh. about transgender or gender uh, 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 guidelines. All trillions of dollars are going to go to essentially empower all of these individuals in some sort of multi-sectionality uh, or intersectionality that will give all of them the power over what has traditionally been the patriarchy, the white patriarchy yeah. in the United States. This is this is beyond. I'll be honest with you, Gregory. I I, I wouldn't stop at socialism. I really would not. I think what. Yeah. If all of this came into play, we are in full-on communism, full-on totalitarianism, because yeah. it's government control of every single aspect of our lives. You know, one thing that's it's it's, it's funny to me, it, 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 if it ever came to pass, it wouldn't be. So they want to cut, and also in the Green New Deal, is to cut military spending in half and bring our boys home from overseas and girls. Uh, instead of maintaining bases all over the world to protect uh, our uh, oil production we won't have to do that anymore but they don't realize because of fracking and horizontal drilling combination we don't need to do it now anyhow because we're leading the world world in oil production so we've actually the free market's already cured what they they for what they see as a problem um they're saying we need to maintain bases all over the world to protect uh, oil supplies in the middle east we don't need to do it anymore because of fracking that they hate and they're going to ban fracking by the way of course they are. That, that that would have to be a part of it. Let's let's go more in depth on that. We're talking to Gregory Wrightstone. Uh, he's got a uh, book out called Inconvenient Facts: The Science That Al Gore Does Not Want You to Know About. Uh, Gregory is a geologist. The website is inconvenientfacts.xyz. Is that right? I didn't even know that was a that was a domain. Yeah, it was. The dot com was available. I tried to buy it, and they, they went the, the price went from five hundred to twenty thousand overnight. So I <laughs> I told them to go pound salt. I'll, I'll stick with XYZ. Uh, yeah, and that's probably a good idea. So uh, inconvenientfacts.xyz to check out his website. I want to hit this more now, and let's talk about what Al Gore doesn't want you to know, and talk about um, the on. it's been going on for, for 20 years that the left and the climate alarmists, the uh, uh, the, the sky is falling, chicken little set, uh, have been trying to say that the science is settled. There is no other side to this. The science uh-huh. is settled. But now it's even getting to the point of censorship. Chuck Todd, the moderator of Meet the Press, once, uh, you know, decades ago, I suppose, uh, you know, a pretty, uh, pretty safe place to go and get news that is, uh, information and not, um, indoctrination. But Chuck Todd, who moderates that, that, that historic and iconic program, has declared two weeks ago, no climate deniers or scientists who don't peddle the new narrative are going to be welcome on that program because the science is already settled um i'll just i'll leave that open-ended gregory and respond to that yeah yeah he's following on the bbc uh, enacted that policy about a year ago it, they're actually the science deniers they're denying science there's uh there are, there's a huge number 
of skeptical sciences, uh, and I, I'm one of the, the leading uh, skeptics. I, I do I do lots of radio and TV interviews just like this, uh, and we're we're getting our our message out. A uh, huge number of scientists that are growing. We don't deny that climate change is happening. We don't deny that that there is a warming trend going on. It is. We don't deny that carbon dioxide is not increasing, and I don't deny that carbon dioxide increase might have a a warming effect on the atmosphere. It does, but I would argue it's fairly modest. And everything I can see is that the warming trend and the increasing CO two are having a marvelous, marvelous benefit to the Earth. The Earth is prospering, thriving, and greening because of increasing carbon dioxide and rising temperatures. And your listeners have probably never heard that. Um, you can go to my, I've got a, a YouTube channel, Inconvenient Facts uh, YouTube, uh, with two great uh, videos, one I just added yesterday. Uh, the title of that one was Global Warming Saves Lives. They're, they're going to hate me for that, but that's actually the fact of the matter. Uh, the studies that I, I have in the video in my blog uh, on my website, uh, these, are, these are huge studies that look at um, temperature-related deaths, and we find that 15 to 20 times as many people die owing to cold as to heat. Uh, we can go on and on. I mean, that, that's a huge discrepancy. So the warming temperatures actually save millions of lives. How do you address, uh, Gregory, how do you, how do you address their claims and their concerns about the oceans rising? Remember, uh, Al well, Gore said back in 2000, or roughly 2000 or whatever it came out, uh, his movie, he said that Manhattan, I think, right? Wasn't Manhattan supposed to be yeah. underwater by 2015, I think? Uh, well, yeah. here we are in 2019, and to my knowledge, it's uh, about as stable as stable gets. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the UN predicted in 2005 that uh, there would be 50 million climate uh, refugees, and they identified uh, six islands that were most at risk. Well, in my book, I look at the population uh, of those islands from 2005, and that was by 2010, these islands were going to have these climate refugees. Right. Well, the population's exploded. People are moving there. They're not fleeing these islands. <laughs> and what we see is that, yes, uh, sea level is rising, and that's associated, and glaciers are retreating. Those t- things go hand in hand. But we know that the glacial retreat started around 1800, and by early 1800s, uh, it was rising at about the same level we see today. So, yes, sea level's been rising for uh, uh, since the early 1800s at about the same rate it is now. But that's all naturally driven. This, these are natural cycles, and we can look through time as a geologist. What we do, and I'll, I'll have to mention here, just about every geologist I know believes as I do. That this, these are the warming and cooling of the earth are naturally driven. Well, how can anybody, you know, I'm not a geologist like you. I haven't been studying this for 35 years like you, and I haven't been studying it like so many of the other climate scientists, both on both sides of this discussion. Those who say the earth is warming or climate change is coming since they can't ever settle on warming or freezing, whether we're going to die by fire or ice, um, uh, and, and those who are skeptical. So I don't have any of that, but I do know how many ice ages there have been. And I do know that every time the Earth froze, it thawed. And it did so without carbon-based emissions coming from humankind because humans weren't on the planet then. The Earth has been thawing and freezing, or excuse me, yeah, thawing and freezing and thawing and freezing. And right now we're thawed uh, since its, you know, in it, its inception, since its existence, since the beginning of time, over eons, for crying out loud. Um, 
how can they, again, this is my oversimplification, but how can they claim that it's mankind is going to burn up the, uh, the earth when the earth has been burning and freezing on its own for, for its existence? Right, right, right. And if we look over the last 10,000 years, which is really what we need to look at, I think I, I would recommend. That was the last they, ice age, right? About 10,000 years ago. Right. 11, you know, there, it started warming about, actually about 15,000 years ago. Okay. Really, the, the interglacial warming period we're in right now is about 10 or 11,000 years old right now, and thankfully. Right. And those big, those big events are driven by uh, the orbit around the, the sun. It, these are on... These are in 100,000-year cycles. But if we look at the last 10,000 years, uh, what Al Gore and Dr. Michael Mann from Penn State want you to believe that is that the warming that we're seeing now, and we're, we've been warming for 300 years, is unusual and unprecedented. But yet if we look back over the last 10,000 years, which I show in my book, uh, we see nine other warming trends very similar to what we're doing today. Five of those nine had higher rates of warming. But they don't admit to that. And Al Gore will, will say, oh, well, those natural forces, they want, they want your listeners, they think your listeners are stupid. They think your listeners will believe that those same natural forces ended sometime in the 20th century. Come on, that's not the way science works. And that's not the way, the way climate works. Those same natural forces that have been driving temperatures since the dawn of time are in action today. And yes, perhaps the the CO two we're adding might have a slight warming effect. It, it 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 necessarily has to. It's a greenhouse gas, but it's completely overwhelmed by these these natural forces. So again, since driving driving uh, temperatures, and we see the one thing I say about temperature is that the only thing constant about temperature is it's never constant. Man, it's going up and down and up and down. No matter if you look at it, hundred thousands or millions of years. Huge temperature change, again, naturally driven. But the, the big takeaway for your listeners is that I, I live in the real world. I look what's actually going on today, and I, I see tremendous benefits. And one of the things that I like to talk about is forest fires, because I'll bet every single one of your listeners, unless they've heard me before or have my book, believe that forest fires are increasing, right? I did until I looked at the data. And the data is stark, clear, and overwhelming. There's a global decrease in fires, and there has been for more than 100 years. And the experts, this is the Canadian Fire Service and ones in this United, here in the United States, they attribute it to global warming and climate change. Increasing CO2 is leading to this decrease. And your, your listeners can go on my website to see. I've got a page on forest fires to actually see the data. Even California. California, the number of fires have declined by 50% over the last 30 years. And this is data coming from... But they'll say it's not the number, it's the intensity and the ferocity and the so on and so forth. These last two that yeah, we had were two of the biggest yeah, on record. But they're right about that. They are right. If you look at the data from California, the number has declined by 50%, yet the area burned has increased slightly. So that would mean that each fire necessarily would have to be almost double or more uh, the size. And that's that, that goes back and that can be controlled, change. can it not, Gregory? I mean, uh, and, and well, we got to wrap here with this one. But the president talked about forestry and forest management there and being mismanaged is one of the reasons why this was able to spread as far as it was. A lot of experts have said he's exactly right. We didn't do it yeah, right in I terms agree. of management, but humans can control that to some extent. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Donald Trump completely. Forest management. So my my, my site is inconvenientfacts.xyz. Check it out. 
Absolutely. InconvenientFacts.xyz. And I just looked on the YouTube channel and subscribed to that as well, also at Inconvenient Facts. And get this book and read uh, and arm yourself with the facts that you need to argue with the... Uh, uh, the uh, climate uh, chicken littles out there that think we really are uh, all going to burn up and die. Gregory Wrightstone is the author, Inconvenient Facts. The science Al Gore does not want you to know. Thank you so much, Gregory. We appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. That's uh, Gregory Wrightstone. It's 952. We'll take a quick time out for traffic. Come back in and get a call or two before the top of the hour on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 956 now, short segment here before the top of the hour. The second hour of the program is guest-free, by the by, on this free-for-all Friday. So anything you want to say, this is your opportunity to do it. Uh, that next hour especially, uh, there will be very, very little wait time for you. So 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Don't forget, you can also follow me and comment to me on Twitter at uh, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z, also on Facebook. The same address uh, and the uh, handle you can also find is Radio Done Right. Radio Done Right. And yes, there is a double meaning. Uh, Jack and Medina, thanks for your patience, Jack. You're on the air. Go right ahead, sir. Good morning, Mr. France. How are you? I'm fine, Jack. Good. I, the reason, I just I, I heard uh, Miss Pelosi when she was mentioning the fact uh, she answered a question with a question, actually, with, a, with the, uh, the police officer that was killed, and she right away made reference to the the children that died in in federal basically custody. saying why is one why why is one worse than the other was her point right but my 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 response to her, I was very polite to her I called her off as I was extremely polite because that's how I was brought up but I just I just made a point to the fact that these people that she's accusing of being machines and heartless when they have children too I mean you and I, I I'm sure you're a father correct yes sir yeah I mean we we any child in the neighborhood when we were growing up or whatever, all parents looked out after them. And police officer, ICE agent, border, whatever. They're human beings. They're people. They went into that line of work because of the being compassionate, for heaven's sakes. And I just told her, I said, you gotta, you got to stop treating these people like they're inhumane. They're not. Those children were brought there. They were forced marched there. I mean, it's it's. Well, and, and, even, and even more importantly, the, the, the point that she was making was completely wrong anyway. Uh, and, and it was to suggest that, well, sure, an illegal alien killed an American military, I mean, a, a police officer, but America's Border Patrol let two kids die. So, you know, which one is worse than the other? She's impl- implicating Border Patrol in the deaths of those kids to make it sound like, well, um, that's just as bad as, you know, the police officer uh, being murdered by an illegal alien. Well, the fact of the matter is those kids were in very, very poor health because of their parents' decision, and Border Patrol, as well as hospital personnel in the area, did everything they could to save those kids. So, you know, the, the, the moral uh, equivalency that she was trying to, to draw there, saying, you know, a good guy got killed on one side, but, you know, the good guys didn't save those two kids on the other side either. So, you know, nobody has the moral superiority here. And that is just simply not true. It's reprehensible. And you know what, Jack? God bless you for being raised politely and being polite to her because I would scream in her face. And I was raised politely as well for the most part, but uh, there are points in time where messages need to be gotten through. She's not going to, she wouldn't listen to either one of us, but I would feel better at the end. Well, I just mentioned her quickly. I just, I said, you know, the president, he had the, 
business was usual during the holidays for me. She waited. She procrastinated to the very last minute, and now all of a sudden, she's saying what a urgency it is that that all this be dealt with the way she wants it done. It's it's not about her. It's not about Chuck Schumer. Well, it is about her, though. In, in her world, it is about her. That's why she wanted to wait until now, because doing this before Christmas, which the president was trying to do, or during Christmas, was still in the Republican-controlled House. She wouldn't do anything unless she knew she had the votes on her side to back up her point of view on this, which now that we have moved into the new Congress, she has. So it is all about her, as far as she is concerned. Jack, I thank you for that phone call. Phone lines open, 216 Nine zero one zero nine four five eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. We're guest free for free for all Friday. The entire next hour. Dial now on the Bob France Authority. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.